podcast is the juice and nice my guest today uh, and and uh the juice is i i, I gotta get better at uh doing the kind of preamble thing but <laughs> the juice is a podcast where i talk to my friends and musicians that i look up to about their favorite movie and for robbie the movie that is the juice for you is the Truman Show. Yeah, big time. But oh. I have I have a confession. Okay, let me hear it. The Truman Show is actually not my favorite movie, but I've already done a podcast on my favorite movie. So really? I was like, I gotta not do that. I gotta pick one of my other favorite movies. So but it's like I have a, I have a kind of a split between like my real answers of like mm -hmm. movies i've seen a million times and then like movies that i think are good i feel sure, like a lot sure. of people have that <laughs> no yeah well that's that's like one of the things that I, that i that i one of the like main four things that i get into is like and we'll i'll hold off but basically the idea of like the way that you watch movies as art versus entertainment or both basically yeah and and this feels like a perfect kind of like blend of the two mm -hmm. um this is only the second or third time I've seen it, but like when you said it, I was like, that's great. Because your initial choice was, and I don't think uh, this is the one that you've already done the pod for, but 2001. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's like my, I think as far as like movies for artistic purposes, that is yeah. like my shining star, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's so it, shining. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> But but so I, I someone literally like like six hours before was like, can I please do 2001 when I was messaging a bunch of people like, hey, want to want to do this. So I was like, ah, I'm so sorry. Uh, and <laughs> you're like, all right, let's just do the Truman Show. What is your favorite then if it's neither of those two? My favorite movie of all time is a little film called Repo, the genetic opera. Hey, which is that's... I don't know if you've ever heard of it. <laughs> it is... No, I. I thought you were about to say Repo Man for a second. I was no, like, hey, that's okay. why I said hey. But okay. no, I don't Repo know. Repo Man is, wait, okay, wait. Is Re Repo Man is, I think, the one that has the like the same plot as the one that I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, I, I could see that. I could, so so what's what's going on in, in Repo? So it's a um it's a industrial gothic rock rock opera about cool. a dystopian future where uh you basically take your organs out on a loan and like getting organ transplants is like a trend it's right. like cosmetic um and then there's a repo man who will repossess your organs if you don't make your payments on time okay no repo yeah. man's a little bit different but what you're talking to me about sounds like have you seen crimes of the future this year yes so yeah, it's kind of the same idea yeah yeah yeah, that's that's that was probably that's I, I think that's firmly my favorite that came out this year. I'm a big Cronenberg guy. Yeah, so totally. uh, so that's cool. But uh, this sounds pretty interesting to me. And it's, uh, uh, it's a little bit weird. It's one of those movies that it came out when I was like 12 or 13 and it shaped a lot of my personality. The people who made it are like horrible, horrible people. So oh. I have to I have to make separations there. Yeah, but it did like. 
also like Paul Sorvino's in it, which is like kind of oh, okay. crazy. Yeah. Um, and he like does his whole opera thing, which is like amazing because it is actually like it's a rock opera, but it has like real opera in it too. Like Sarah Brightman, cool. who played, you know, Christine in the original Phantom of the Opera run, right. like she's in it also. And like Alexa Vega from Spy Kids and Paris Hilton. That's awesome. And, and like Paris Hilton's in it too. This, like, yeah, it's got this like crazy cast, um, but it, sh- that- it shaped me in a lot of ways, but it's not a movie that I can talk about artistically because it is very strange and it is very camp and like. Sure, sure. Yeah. That's cool, though. I, I like that you have two answers and it kind of like, I guess, I guess that. So, so before, before I transition to that question is, are you like an opera person or, or a musical person? I am definitely a musical person. I was in theater from age four until I was like okay. 18. So, um, cool. and I still keep up with like new Broadway and stuff like that. But that, uh, that's yeah, something that like, oh, go on. I, no, no, no. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, that, the, the theater thing, that's something that I want to, I feel like I've already kind of hit my quota for stuff. I want to like better about myself in, in this year, but I think maybe next year when I'm, when the, the new year kind of turns around, I think I want to, I want to go to more theater. Cause it, it seems, it seems great. It yeah, really does. It's, it's really wonderful. And it, it gets a bad rap because it is so like, dramatic which is a a horrible word to describe it because that's where it comes from right Mm -hmm. um and a a lot of people just can't really get behind the uh you know the transition between like here's a story and now we're singing yes Um, yeah that's one of my biggest problems but like i feel like i can get i can get over that in person even more so than like on if i'm watching on a television yeah and and there's instances where i'm like this is a musical but i love it so so i'm sure that there's tons more than too yeah well and so many like there's there's been good adaptions of like stage shows in movies you know like sweeney todd Mm -hmm. and like the lame is movie is really good i will die on that hill like i really I was, will i was just talking lame is on that episode that i did yesterday yeah um because uh the the movie was the fountain and hugh jackman mm-hmm. is in lame is we oh, talking yeah. about oscar stuff so that's very funny um yeah. but okay so you're a theater you're a theater person and have been your whole life pretty much so that rocks yeah. yeah um so before and again like i said I'm, I'm i'm still getting i'm getting used to the being uh you know like the host of a podcast thing <laughs> But uh, even though, which I should get you on this too, I've got a hockey podcast I've, I do oh, with a buddy. Hit me the fuck up. Yeah, which which <laughs> is kind of like uh, we've done like fifty episodes, but I never yeah. talk about it because it's like I don't really we don't care of that yeah. much about it. Right. But either way, so the thing is, so so like I was saying, I'm getting used to it. Um, I haven't properly really introduced you outside of your name, so. Mm-hmm. You play music, and and the way that we met is pretty funny because we were yeah. both on tour. <laughs> yes, and and so you play music in a band, um, and it, like your 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 own your you have your own thing, get tough, and then uh, mm-hmm. save face, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the two main things that you got going on in terms of. I'm like, also in this band called the Weekdays. That's another one that I like write for and stuff. But then awesome. obviously I have play in a million bands that will that want someone to go on tour you know? right no yeah I, I i totally get that and so <laughs> yeah so you're the, the so basically the, the those being the three main things then mm-hmm. we met on tour while you were on tour with safe face then yes because not that we were on the same tour you were you were on <laughs> who are you on tour with 
Uh, we were on tour with Mom Jeans on okay. that, that one. And we were on tour with Intervals, and we were doing the Texas to Arizona drive, and you were yep, doing the we Arizona doing to the Texas opposite. drive. Yeah. And and we just, like, get out of the van, and we're like, there's another van here, and there are people who are dressed like us. Right. <laughs> I, I clocked all of you immediately. Yeah. I, we were in there, and uh, me and our, our drummer, Dan, we were, like, you know, getting our popsicles and shit because it was hot yeah. as hell. And... Yeah. uh we're like looking around and I was like, that's another band. It has right. to be <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> because you can just tell you get that sense. You mm-hmm. see everybody in their like um, their ritual of going into the gas station. You know, oh, yeah. everybody has like the, there's something so distinct about it. Like it doesn't even matter how you're dressed at a certain point. It's like uh-huh. I can tell if you're on tour. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's totally just the vibes of like the way that you're kind of like meandering and bit bopping around the actual gas station itself. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't know if you're like me, but like I literally never pass up an opportunity because I never know what I'm gonna find. Oh my god! So like, yeah. even if it's like three o'clock in the morning and they're like, oh, "I'm just gonna," you know, "I'm just getting gas, whatever." I'm like, yeah. "I'm just gonna pop my head and see what's going on here." Yeah, because you never know. Sometimes <laughs> you see some really weird shit at the gas station in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, we- weirdest thing off the top of your head that you've seen? Oh God. I don't even know. I've, I've, just... I've got one. I've got one that I can think of immediately. Let, let... I... Oh, yeah. You go ahead. Let me let me think on it. You think I was we were uh, we're sharing a van with a band called Royal Tomasi who are from the UK and it was their first time in America. So they were kind of getting used to America as is. And we walk into a gas station, which, you know, it was it was kind of like I think it was maybe like I think it was Jersey, uh, which you're from Jersey. I'm not. Okay, you live in Jersey? <laughs> nope. The band Safe so... Base is from Jersey. Okay. I live in okay. Michigan. I'm from Ohio. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense with the Blue Jackets thing. Yes. <laughs> um and, and so I swear we'll circle we're we'll, we're going to circle back to the movie at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But uh weirdest thing that I saw was just a baby in a stroller. No no adult accompaniment at all. And ah. it was kind of it was kind of a while. Where it was like, oh, you know, they're probably around the corner grabbing something. And then, like, I was doing something, and then I realized, this baby's just still hanging out here. And it was one of those, like, it's like 2 o'clock in the morning. What's the baby doing here? Oh, my God. Yeah, very weird. Um, but you, have you thought of anything? I So, there's, there's always weird shit going on, right? Yeah. I, it's more like... I think what I can think of more off the top of my head is like weirder interactions. And I always <laughs> remember this time that uh, it was my old like emo band when I was like 18. Right. And we were mm-hmm. like on tour. We were in, I think, South Carolina, one of the Carolinas doesn't matter. Sure. We were in the South. Um, sure. And we're in this gas station. It's like the middle of the day. It's like, you know, whatever. It's popping in there. Mm-hmm. And like. It's, you know, single stall bathrooms, right? So I just, like, use the men's one because it was open, right? Mm -hmm. And I come out, and this guy is talking to one of my bandmates. And he's just like, yeah, all these gendered and Obama fans. Oh, boy. Yeah. And my bandmate is just like, yeah, man, whatever. Like, and this dude's trying so hard to be like, I relate to you. Like, whatever. Right, right. (laughs) Because my bandmate's wearing, like, camo and a NASCAR hat, which, like, like as like for fun, for fun <laughs> right. Right. right? Not right. as a lifestyle, right? Yeah. Um, and then like, so we all get out of this situation, and then the dude 
starts like screaming at us as we all get in the van together because I guess I was the gendered and Obama fan he was talking sure 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 and he's like it's like who do you think you are I have three kids (laughs) and like we're just driving away and I that man echoes in my head on like a daily yeah. basis. <laughs> the, some people just like they short circuit, I feel like. Like yeah. and and just they we had something similar on uh one of the last tours that we were on when it was a first tour back from COVID, basically. Mm-hmm. And and we were just we were just like we were somewhere in the south, we were just wearing our masks into every place that we went and right. Someone just like really didn't like that we were doing that, and it was like you know you it's, it's so people find the strangest hills to die on. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's it's always interesting. It's, I always liken you know being in a band to being a trucker because it's literally the oh, same yeah. thing, and it's like I always feel like if I sat down and had a conversation with the trucker, we would have a lot of similar stories. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And it's something where I think about in the back of my head where I'm like. Well, if everything if everything in my life disappears, my one skill set is I could actually <laughs> become a trucker and yeah. probably like where it's just like oh, you know what? I could actually make good money doing that if I yeah. if I needed to. Absolutely. Um, so so that's it's funny you draw that comparison too. Makes <laughs> sense. Makes sense. Yeah. But but so we we like clocked each other in this gas station. Um, you were wearing a Dallas Stars hat. And oh, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I do the same thing where I'm just like, I have, I, I have like a senator's crew neck, you know, right. where I'm just like, hey, you know what? I like the senators; they're fun. Yeah. And so I, I get like a shirt or something like that. Yeah. The stars um, are my partner's team, and they actually made me that hat because they were like, "You got a rep." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I th- well, first off, that's cool because it looked, it just looked like a vintage like starter hat, you know, yeah, yeah. like uh, so that's that's pretty awesome that they made it. Um, <laughs> but. But yeah, I I vaguely remember you saying that too, where where you were just like, oh, I'm actually not even the biggest stars fan. I like the Blue Jackets. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so so you know, uh, uh we we started talking all the all the bands together, and then and then you know, me me and you and me and Dan, who's the drummer, we yeah, we've we've maintained somewhat of a uh you know friendly relationship since then. Uh, and you know, it's it's pretty great. It's pretty, yeah. we talk a little bit of hockey, and it's it's pretty great. I love um, it. And now we're here. And now we're here. Mm-hmm. So, so, so kind of like doing all of that. Uh, let's talk about the movie. But before we even talk about the movie itself, let's talk about your relationship with movies. And like, like I was saying, like movies as art versus entertainment and like how you look at them now versus how you did growing up and whatnot, especially being a theater theater person. I assume that you've got some kind of like backgrounds. Yeah, totally. I, um, I've always been like a movies person. I remember like being a kid, I was always so stoked to go to Blockbuster, you know, that's like was the best part of my week was like going and picking out movies. Oh, Um, yeah. And I think like then when you're a kid, like you kind of latch on to one thing and you just kind of like obsess over it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And now I've gotten to a point where like I kind of check out things one by one. But um, I uh, I think I've always been able to kind of make the separation between art and entertainment and also combine the two obviously um because i've always loved horror movies and horror movies in a lot of ways are often just the like movies for entertainment purposes and i think this is a a hill that i've been dying on recently a -hmm. lot of people because of you know a24 and all of these like boutique horror films that are so good and so cerebral and like intense 
they expect every horror movie to be that way. Yeah. So when I say that like a movie was really good, like, I don't know, I was talking to a friend recently about Barbarian, which I loved yeah. because it's like a, an awesome like monster movie, right? Yeah. And they were just like, I just don't think that it said what it thought it was saying. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like <laughs> it was trying to make a commentary. Every horror movie is, but mm -hmm. it's not, it's not trying to be like this heady kind of like, like makes you think sort of thing this isn't like Ari Aster you know this is yeah. just this is just a fun horror movie right it's allowed to be that yeah yeah that the the horror thing you're 100% right on because also have a background in it and it, it Barbarian's a perfect example of like one someone trying to find something a little too like like you're saying just like hey uh I've seen the Ari Aster stuff the Robert Egger stuff and like this is what I expect horror movies to be now yeah. as opposed to like Growing up watching them, there, you know, there were those movies, but less on our radar because we were kids, right? Um, and they were just a little bit less commercialized. And it was the more like, hey, there's a big monster in this movie, or like, you know, the monster is like the one of the like, uh, you know, big four, Freddy, Jason, yeah, you know, whatever. But there's the also just regular monster movies, Rawhead Rex, stuff like that, and. And like that's the the whole thing about Barbarian is I, when I sat down and watched it, I was like, "This is a fun horror movie." Um, and then you get the people who are like, uh, "This is one I've never seen a movie like this." Where I was like, "Really? You've never seen a movie like this?" Yeah. I feel like one comes out every year, and yeah. that's no fault of its own. It's it's just like really really great. And then also, yeah, someone trying to be like, "Oh, you know, I I wanted the same or whatever." Well, I I think that it said what it needed to say. Yeah. And like you can a... really you can really only expect so much from like a white dude trying to make a commentary about like patriarchy, you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, yeah, he did a great job with what the the material that he had to work with. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be a perfect knockout movie right. for you to exactly. yeah. But but so so you grew up with horror. Yeah. Oh, big time. Uh, yeah. I <laughs> I have such a distinct memory of watching um, it when I was way too young. Okay. Um, and most people who have a similar story like that to me say that, oh, I was horrified of clowns after that. And I was like, <laughs> no, I was addicted to being scared after that. <laughs> like, that That's cool. Like, it changed something in me. And I started to really like love that feeling of like controlled anxiety. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. And I, I love that it's that they've become more mainstream because I remember like being in high school and seeing like any of the like Blumhouse movies or like you know yeah. any like James Wan stuff and being like oh these are just like fun whatever um but now people are like making these really like thoughtful like impactful horror movies which I I love because now I have there's a there's another avenue of like it's it's no longer like this is just entertainment purposes like this is like an artistic piece and it's also like scary as fuck yeah yeah that's that that's a good that's that's a good way of wording it and it is a thing where like yeah the, now people are just more open to it and like while it's not quite like I've, I've been getting into a lot of the award stuff and like mm -hmm. you're never gonna like you know something like hereditary uh where i feel like tony collette deserves a nom for how oh, unreal God, she yeah. was in that i don't think we're there yet with horror but at least it's like mm -hmm. you know it's making money uh people are excited to see you know and they're latching onto directors which i think is fucking cool where yeah, it's like very cool yeah, I, I, I think that like I think that it's in a good place and that there's still room to grow. 
Um, and let's see if it does. But like, but so yeah, so you so you grew up with horror, like you were saying, and uh, sim similar to me, I you know at the age of like twelve, I I latched onto Halloween and then kind of oh, went down yeah. different rabbit holes from there. And and like I didn't really make the distinct director kind of like um where where like my dad big into movies as well and um you know when I was home from school or like it was just me and him uh certain nights when my mom was out or something like that he would be like let's watch the thing let's watch aliens I never made the the director like thing yeah. where I was like oh this is the thing is John Carpenter also made Halloween I never really made those connects until I was a little bit older but it's one of those things where it's it's been following me around my whole life um yeah. and, and so the one thing that I wanted to pinpoint before I uh keep uh, keep you going is the you latch on to things when you're a kid and like yeah. you mentioned it did you have a movie that you would watch like over and over and over again because that that's when I think of when I think of latching on to as a kid yeah I I think like when I was really young I think the first movie I like really latched onto and watched a million times was Chicken Run that's awesome <laughs> which is a great movie still yeah. holds up I love it yeah um and then, like, as I got older, this is this sounds so fucked up. When I was <laughs> when I was in uh, middle school into high school, right? When I was mm -hmm. a, a teen, I latched on to A Clockwork Orange and Human oh. Centipede. Oh, that doing I, I so I understand the the Clockwork Orange rewatch. I just I just reread I just read it for the first time and rewatched it for the first time in a while. Hard to watch and read at certain points, but like. Yeah. But but I get it as a kid where you kind of glance over that stuff where you don't really understand the impact of like, you know, even some of the stuff that's implied. Yeah. But Human Centipede is a funny one where it's like you, you kept going back to that. Huh? I think because here's here's what it is. And this is like this is like very real. I as a person who is very traumatized and was very traumatized from a young age, mm -hmm. I think for a long time I was seeking out these like you know fucking torture porn ass movies right sure as a way to like cope and also like in the most fucked up way to like re-traumatize myself and now I stay away from movies like that yeah um, but that's like I I think regardless of that like human centipede was one that I just thought like the the memeing online was funny and oh, like yeah. and all of that um, and it's just a very strange, absurd film, which is like a lot of what I latch on to, which Truman Show is like a great example of that. Like, yeah. I always latched on to like a very absurd concept. And that was definitely like an experience for me was, uh, you know, latching on to that and like Silence of the Lambs. But the difference Whoa. being Silence of the Lambs, I still just, I remember like, watch all the time. <laughs> I, I now I'm remembering you. You had that as an option, too, <laughs> mm -hmm. as as per, that. That is one that I go back to at least once or twice a year. Yeah. And just like, oh, my, that 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 might be the movie of the 90s for me. Yeah, where that's like absolutely. the perfect. It's that yeah. or Fargo, but it's it's uh, one of Fargo. the two. Fargo rocks. Yeah. Unreal. So so fun. Um, But the the human centipede thing that I, I get that. And I was also like kind of like uh, my my transition from Halloween to uh, like just like kind of like you, you, I'm sure there's music comparables too but like you get into someone and then there's the kind of this rabbit hole that you go down mm -hmm. and I remember it was the perfect age where Saw was just coming out and I was like I gotta see this I gotta see the Saw movie yeah. Saw you know uh, got to see Saw 2 and 3 in theaters I very I have a very distinct memory of my 
dad taking me and Matt, uh, my buddy Matt, who drums in the band that I'm in. And um, it was just me, me and him and my dad. And I remember walking out like, you know, the first realization as a kid when usually you're just excited to see a movie and no mm-hmm. movies are bad. But then you walk out of something and you're like, I don't know if I love that as much as I do all other movies that I love. Yeah, totally. I think that was Saw 3 for me where I was like, I don't know what we're doing here anymore. And my dad looked at us both and goes, why do you guys like this? And that's coming from someone who was showing me, you know, Aliens, Predator, The Thing, where he's he's not unfamiliar with, like, the goo and gore aspect of movies. But he was just like, I don't know what we're doing here. But but there is that, like, I still, you know, if they put out a Human Centipede, I, I remember I saw Human Centipede 2, I don't think I ever did 3, but, like, cool. it's one of those things where if there's, like, you know, I see a Human Centipede 4 or 5 come out, and one person says to me, you know, it's actually pretty fun, I'll just watch it. Yeah, I, totally. I, yeah, it's, it's yeah. like, oh, that, that sounds great to me. So yeah. I, I, like, I also kind of, like, find comfort, or I used to find comfort in those, like, kind of, like, gross movies mm-hmm. i still will watch them but like you said you you try to stay away from that which is completely understandable because it's like you know they're hard to watch for different reasons yeah, yeah. yeah. it's uh, i'll i'll still like watch the occasional like i mean talking about like cronenberg like i'll still watch sure. the occasional like body horror or something like yeah. that but i think i need now at least i need more like substance you know yeah Whereas, yeah like, i i can look at a movie like saw one and be like that's a movie that still has substance right Mm -hmm, because that's mm -hmm. it's a phenomenal performance all around and it like you have the initial ethos of the series right which then gets more convoluted as it goes on right (laughs) yeah um yeah but i i I think like if another human centipede came out i probably wouldn't check it out i'll be honest that's completely understandable (laughs) that's and and I will. I'm gonna go to bat for Saw two really quick. Although yeah. I did rewatch and it didn't hold up quite as well as I remembered. I rewatched it pretty recently. It's still. It's got a little bit of juice. It's okay. got a little bit of the and and it's got that. It was one of those like, and Truman Show's got kind of an adjacent type of thing where not quite a twist because you kind of know what's going on there from the get go. Uh, right. But there's always that nice like, oh, this movie is this, and then all of a sudden it's not. And that was one of my right. first like. That I discovered on my own with Saw 2 where I was like, guess what? It's actually like something completely different, ha- you know, at the end where the music starts, that Saw music starts playing and you're like, yeah. oh, they tricked us. They tricked us. Um, but yeah, so let's get away from, let's get away from, uh, <laughs> let's talk about The Truman Show. What, what's your relationship with this movie? My relationship with Truman Show is, it's another movie that I watched very young. Um mm-hmm. And it was the the cause of my very first existential crisis in life. <laughs> oh, is, that's cool. Which is very like, I look back on it now and I'm like, oh, that's so funny. Um, and but still, every time I watch it, I have a similar experience like within myself. Uh, and I, I mean, I have two pages of notes written down about this. Well, because, so like, so. I've got, yeah, one of, I, 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 what I've been doing is just doing, like, iPhone notes for all of these movies. Uh, I've got my yeah. Truman notes right here. Um, and I'll just kind of, like, just, just like, th- thought vomit, basically, where I'm just like, oh, that's cool. Let me write it down. Um, yeah. And one of them is the, uh, my first note is, 
I've had this thought about the world secretly watching me as a kid because of how absurd life is and had uh, and basically like my first time watching this movie, I was like, "Uh oh, is this all like coming to a halt? Is this like the world telling me that like I'm in the Truman show? But for me, similar, similar thing. Oh, big time. Yeah, I I like I think it's when you're a kid, it's really hard to you know, place those feelings of existentialism. And it's mm-hmm. like, I, I definitely like had those feelings as a kid, but never could really like put them into any sort of like words that made sense. Right. Or that I could explain yeah. to someone. And then I remember watching the Truman show and being like, and it clicking for me and me understanding like those feelings that I was having. And so it's like, it was very impactful for me so young and I think it like it honestly like became a thing a way that I could like process a lot of things that would happen to me is right like whether whether I was like well at least if this is a tv show it's entertaining <laughs> like that right sort of thing like I kind of got to this point where I was like if this is happening to me then like I guess that's okay <laughs> like Right, I get that. I, I that where it, which he kind of leans into in the yeah. movie itself too, mm-hmm. as as he realizes what's going on. Um, but but okay, so so you, this was the the cause of your first existential crisis. What oh, age were you when you watched this movie for the first time? Oh God, I feel like I had to be under ten years old. Okay, that's like that. I could see that really affecting someone under yeah, ten. Yeah. I feel like I had to be under 10. I was definitely between the ages of like eight and 10, if I remember correctly. Right. Um, And it was just like, (laughs) I don't don't know why that ended up being a movie that I watched, to be honest. (laughs) I think I grabbed it because. uh, Jim Carrey, maybe. Yeah, I, I think it was like I saw Jim Carrey. Also, like the cover art is really like interesting. And like, yeah. And I was just like, oh, what is this? Right. Was this a blockbuster pick? I think so. If I if uh-huh. I remember correctly, it's hard to remember. Like sure, yeah, you know, because we also had like a big collection of movies at my house as a kid. Like because we were just do always you, watching stuff. Do you still do? Do you still physically collect? I don't. I want to though. I have like a couple things. Like I have uh, the Adventure Time box set, that's and I fun. have like VHS of Rocky Horror, and that's, that's like cool. it <laughs> anymore. So- I used to have a lot more. There's there's like two things that I've been actively trying to do with with friends that I have on this podcast. Uh, and, and one of them is to like have them share my physical media addiction, especially mm-hmm. through movies, because if, if I'm talking about a movie, you like it. Um, I'm going to I'm going to start sending you um, like I, I'll, I'll send you some of the ridiculous. The packaging is what sells people on these things. Oh, and absolutely. there's there's a, a couple of really cool Truman Show releases as well as Silence of the Lamb and stuff like that. Cool. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull you into this thing with me as I have others. The other I'm in. the the other thing that I've been trying to pull people into with me too has been Avatar two, and I've been just oh offhandedly God. just being like, hey, you gotta you gotta come back to Pandora with me. Ah, uh, I don't know if I can. My partner went and okay. saw it the other day and was like texting me halfway through, you know, two hours in. Sure, and sure. Was, and was like, this movie is so long, and it's- I was like, oh God, I don't know if I can do that. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to uh, text you off Mike about Avatar two because I 
I need you to see Avatar 2, just because I've been telling everyone I need them to see it. I See, I'm afraid to go back to Pandora because my first date ever was to Avatar. Whoa. Okay. (laughs) It was the first time I'd ever held someone's hand. Right. 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 And I have such, like, it was, like, the most awkward, like, few hours of my life. God damn you, James Cameron. (laughs) (laughs) And now I'm, I think I'm terrified of that feeling. All right. Well, (laughs) I'm I'm still going to sell you on it because I just think it's, like, it might it uh, listen i know that this is this is like heavy praise it might be his best movie oh my god <laughs> yeah i know that's right i said i said well, it. i'm easily peer pressured so i'm in that's awesome that's awesome <laughs> all right now that i've convinced you to go see avatar 2 um <laughs> let's let so we we talked about your relationship with truman show a little bit my mine is just like saw it when i was a early teenager um and then my wife recently recently was like uh when was the last time you watched the truman show and i was like i don't, I don't remember because we always try to you know we, we we just watched a lot of movies and mm-hmm. um i was like Let, let's rewatch it so this was maybe a year or so ago and i was like man this this thing has juice like this thing is good um and then when you said you know when you had this pick i was excited about the potential of doing a silence of the lambs episode but at the same time I watch it every year and the Truman show, this was like my third time watching it. So I was like, I'm so excited to get back into this, into this world. Um, so, so that's, that's kind of my relationship with it. Now, what I have been doing is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of navigating my way through this, this part of the pod, but like I was going through the, the plot structure, you know, like just like kind of like going through it, but I, it's, it's a little bit like, uh, I, I ramble through it a little bit. It's it's a little bit awkward, like just like mm-hmm. you know. So what I want to do is like you took notes, I took notes. Let's let's go through some of our notes and also like highlight some of your favorite parts. You know? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And and this this goes without saying, like if you haven't seen the Truman Show, you should probably go watch the Truman Show. Absolutely. It's it's, if you, it's if pretty you need great. a good existential crisis or some main character syndrome, this is the movie <laughs> and, for you. <laughs> and and it's it's fun on top of it. Yeah, also that. Yeah, um, it's like so. Well, something so like absurd and surreal about the whole thing, too, which I just love. It's got the fake, fake movie neighborhood that I love that like Edward Scissorhands has, and like so many movies that are just like, hey, we're hanging out in this fake. One of my notes being, I love this little town. I love yeah, it. Right. I, I, I love the little town. And like, another uh, just another quick one just because we're talking about the fun of it all uh jim carrey gardening anything he does is funny when he wants to be the 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 (laughs) shot of him just like on all fours and he's looking back it is so funny Uh, face down ass up yeah and and, and it's one of those things where he's so funny when he wants to be and then also like i wrote that note down and i was like i had to put a little asterisk next to it because i'm like not everything he does is funny because he doesn't want everything to be funny he's also just a great actor when he wants to be he's so good yeah i i like need more serious kind of like drama cerebral roles from him like i don't know if you're gonna and i don't know if you're gonna get it i think he might be done he might be done which is fair and i respect it Ending off with a bang, Sonic. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but okay, some of your some of your favorite parts or or notes, anything that you wanted to highlight. Go, we'll go, we'll kind of go uh, just back and forth really quick. Yeah, totally. Um, 
honestly, like favorite parts of that movie, I, I think like starting to watch his like whole worldview break down. Mm-hmm. That's that's like such it's such an intense and like guttural feeling when you're mm-hmm. watching it. Like when he, you know, sees his dad again for his dad again for the first time. Like right. and this man like appears and he does everything he can to try to chase after this and realizes that the the world is closing off to him. Mm-hmm. I think like the dichotomy between that happening and how because he is the main character of this, typically everything in life for him goes well. And there's right. nothing barring him from doing what he wants as long as he stays within the confines of, you know, Sea Haven and this entire experiment. Yeah. And that those moments are really like impactful to me. Uh, probably my favorite thing about this movie is the aesthetics. Like the oh, moment yeah. when, 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 the, when the boat finally hits the wall. Oh, that, I've got that as a note. <sighs> Like that whole shot with this like huge like clouded wall and then there's this hole in it. It's like such a it's a vis it's such a visual like it's exact it's breaking the fourth wall. It's like that exact visual right there. And with the staircase and everything, it's so oh, yeah. perfectly lit in this like very unreal way. Um the voice yeah, talking to him as, God, as like quote unquote God to the creator Ed of the Harris? show. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. I, I have a note here too. It's funny. Um I was realizing when I watched it again, um, Ed Harris being the like God figure, right? Um, mm-hmm. in this dome world. And then he's in Westworld where he's kind of playing into a similar theme. Um, I gotta watch Westworld. Then, I gotta watch Westworld. So good. That's like one the of the first two seasons are really good. That's one of those like I have trouble with television because movies i'm so in and out like i only have to commit totally. a certain amount of time even the longer ones where i'm like well i'm only spending four hours here where like tv right. there's always the caveat of like hey here's a show that your friend recommended you and they're like listen you got to get four or five hours in before it starts getting good and then by yeah. the time you're four or five hours in you're like i may as well finish this thing even if you're not yeah, vibing with it but <laughs> yeah. but west world's one that i've heard uh, multiple times and the caveat that you had of at least the first two seasons, because I hear that it gets a little, yeah. you know. It um, gets a little too invested in itself, I think. Sure. Sure. That's the, that I feel like, especially with dramas that are like a little heady, um, it, yeah. it that that can happen. I know, while I've never seen it, my dad was a big Lost guy. Um, Ooh, I know that that's a problem Lost. that Lost had too. <sighs> yeah, um, big time. <laughs> but and b- before we keep going with the notes, uh, the, the one thing, while I said you should watch the Truman Show if you haven't, if there's anyone who hasn't, and I just don't want them to get lost. I'm just going to read the quick letterboxed synopsis, which is yes. Truman, Burbank, Truman Burbank is the star of The Truman Show, a 24-hour-a-day reality TV show that broadcasts every aspect of his life without his knowledge. His entire life has been an un- unending soap opera for consumption by the rest of the world, and everyone he knows, including his wife and his best friend, are really an actor paid to be a part of his life. So... I should start doing it at the beginning of the episodes. But either way, either way, you got this far. You probably have seen it or at least know what's going on a little bit. But if you haven't, it's a little bit, you know, who knows how many people are listening anyway. But right. <laughs> but uh, so so that that being the kind of boat crash at the end, that being one of one of your highlights, the whole the whole end, Ed Harris as the creator of the show and as the god at the end and the the kind of like. It, the, not ultimatum, but he's kind of like, hey, come back to this world almost. Like, mm-hmm. come on. This is everything you know. I created yep. it for you. And him being like, 
the 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 thing he says at the end the you know uh if i don't see you I don't see you good afternoon, <laughs> good, good, afternoon evening, good evening good night, night. yeah i love so, so much good. and i love i think the the best thing about this movie is that the moment truman walks through that door mm-hmm. it ends that's it because yeah. you don't get to see his life anymore like yeah Ugh, it, it's it, awesome. It like, kills me because as as a viewer, you're like, oh my god, I need to know what happens to this guy. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you become the viewers that you've been watching throughout this whole movie, who are like yeah. so invested in this man's life. The Truman and, Bar, the the security at the yeah. car rental place. Yeah, it's uh-huh. all gr- parking garage, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's you're you're one of the people on the other side of the TV. They may as well mm-hmm. cut to you at, at the end as well. Yeah, right. It, it's great. Um. All right, let me let me rock let me rock a note. Let's see what I got going on. Uh, oh, uh, I wrote got to be a nightmare on a technical level to make this all work. Eh, right. <laughs> uh, and it is that's they they reference so many times how things are like breaking, how cameras are breaking, and there's like the light that falls from the sky. Like yeah, it's it's so it, there's it's such a huge production in this dome. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's fucking crazy. It, it's, yeah. it's 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 great um i got oh okay this this is something i i tend to write down just the little things that make me chuckle or like Mm -hmm. the little things that i'm just like oh that 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 little thing is great um and then i'll I'll get to that but um his buddy his best friend who stocks vending machines the goodie shirt i would love that shirt that shirt looks like a rock that logo is great and the other the other little tidbit i have is the fake surgery and the commercial reads the fake (laughs) surgery being the funniest of them all yeah. I think. Oh my god, it's so good. Where when, yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny because to to like going back to what you said about it being like a technical nightmare, like yeah. they have to actually be doing a lot of these things under the expectation that he might show up, you know? Right. And like in the instance of the surgery, it's like yeah, he follows his wife to work, which is like it's weird, but it's like a oh, reasonable sure. thing for them to expect. So it has to be a set piece. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that yeah. whole sequence is so funny. Where where he's gonna make the cut? He almost makes the cut. Oh yeah, it's so good. And oh, yeah, God. it's it's him losing it. And and that's one thing that I didn't like. Even though I would only watched rewatched it like a year or so ago, something that I didn't remember. And another note that I have is the length, basically, where it's like this thing's only an hour forty. Yeah. If this thing were made today, it would probably be three hours. Just oh, yeah, and that's not time. even like it's not a criticism of like I just watched Triangle of Sadness last night. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've caught that one yet. Not yet. It's like it's like one of those things where if this movie's good, I don't know if it needs to be two and a half hours. And I'm not one that's like I listen. I was just trying to sell you on Avatar too. <laughs> right. So like. Length isn't an issue for me, really, but just looking at how much there is here, I think that, like, a lot of time, like, just, I, I feel like if this thing kind of got the the budget that it probably would in today's age with, like, a big star like Jim Carrey at the at the time, um, and the director who, um, let's see who directed this, I, 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 an older guy, Peter Weir, right, so he's directed, like, mm-hmm. Dead Poet Society, um, Picnic at Hanging Rock. Have you ever seen Picnic at Hanging Rock? I haven't. I think you'd like that a lot. It's very trippy and like um, it's it's from the seventies. Um, okay. There's cool. a nice there's a nice Criterion release, but but so uh, you know uh, an established director, an established star who's like very much in the uh, in the zeitgeist, and um, 
basically like i feel like the studio would push like hey we can we can you know let, let's more 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 basically i think that this thing would be like three hours long for sure but oh, absolutely it's it's crazy how quick everything falls apart where i thought we were hanging out in this world a little bit for a little bit longer before it all yep. starts kind of kind of crumbling and and it, it happens pretty quickly like i want to say like minute 15 he's on to something yeah well you start like it obviously like in the first like 10 minutes that light falls from the sky right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he doesn't really like he doesn't really like read into that as much uh but it's kind of it's interesting because you kind of get dropped in and you're under the ex expectation that this is this guy has no idea about anything but then it's they start to reveal the stuff with lauren slash sylvia his like yeah you know lost love from high school right yeah uh, once they reveal that it that, that tidbit that he's already like somebody has already kind of told him like what the jig is right and like what's going on but he also like so many things have happened that uh have tried to dissuade him from that mm -hmm. and then like i don't know <laughs> they, they, they like kind of make all of these traumatic things happen to him to keep yeah. him in a state of like anxiety and not wanting to like leave but then they also like make real life happen to him so that he has to stay and has comfort like he has his like relationship and like his marriage and stuff like that yeah um, but kind I, of you realize pretty immediately that he is wanting something more like he wants to be somewhere else yeah constantly wants to he's constantly talking about the fiji trip and mm -hmm. it, it, the people talking him down are his wife and his best friend who i love that they're just like something's going on get in there with beer right um, yeah just get in there and <laughs> hang out with this guy yeah uh yeah and he and, and the obviously the the uh magazine cutout that he's like pacing together of his mm -hmm. long lost it's like one of those things where it's kind of a long lost love but also it's it's like one of the only two that we're shown people that he's ever had any romantic interest in because of how every how set upish his whole life has been totally yeah um but yeah so this thing like it just moves and by the time like i like before i realized it, I, I had to pause for like you know just grabbing a drink or something like that i was like there's only 15 minutes left in this thing like it, it right? really it really moves um yeah. so one of the do you, do you have any other uh do you have another highlight that you've written down by any chance before oh, i get to my oh, jim carrey thing most of my notes are like very heady just like about like uh <laughs> like give me some prison of the is the prison of the mind more damning than a physical wall <laughs> like, whoa like, hey well that's that's the i believe that there's like some yeah we accept the reality of the world which we are presented exactly. which is directly pulled from the movie which i wrote down which is something that's like yeah this is a movie sure and it's absurd but also like it does kind of make you think like about your own life and like the walls yeah. that you've put up to you yeah. know your what your water is what you know yeah. that will keep you where you are basically yeah. so i like that as a note i like i, I so so it was a lot of like kind of just like most of yeah most of my shit is just like it's i i think it it's me having an existential crisis while watching this movie every single time where so it's sorry. like <laughs> you know sometimes no it's a good thing sometimes it's good to like face yourself um right like I don't know. I just always have these moments with this movie where I'm like, 
you know, if you're really going through a time, right, you look at something like this and it's like, well, actually, that might be easier, you know, right. You're always taken care of and all this stuff. But is the is the comfort of like your ignorance better than like your free will? You know, so so I mean, while this isn't exactly adjacent, um, there's that kind of reminds me uh what it's a uh an older movie the treasure of the sierra madre have you ever seen this the humphrey bogart movie from Mm -hmm. the late 40s but it's it's one of those things where that like you're talking about like the comfort and like being in that comfort and kind of just like needing to be taken out of it one of the one i always think about that in reference to this movie which is just a it's 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 kind of an adventure movie but like it's about it's kind of about greed and and like uh you know, just like distrust of of other humans, um, like you know, distrust and trusting your fellow man, basically. But the the thing that I always pull, and I, I is is a bit at the end where it's where uh, one of the characters says, you know, the worst part ain't so bad when it finally happens. Not half as bad as you figured it'll be before it's happened, which is basically like like you're saying, like you know, you build these things up in your head, even if they are like these horrible consequences of whatever if something bad happens or, you know, like really back to the Truman show, kind of just like him uh, conquering his fear of the water. And it's almost the fear of the water itself in his head. That's it's so much worse than getting on the water and being in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I feel like there's, this is something I, I didn't even really clock until the last time I watched it. But so his fear of the water comes from the fact that they killed off his dad right right um his dad comes back and i feel like in a kind of sixth sense despite the fact that he's already within his delusion kind of peeking behind the curtain right i feel like because his dad comes back and he has that like oh well he survived mm-hmm. he's able to conquer that fear a little bit better yeah they they bring the, the father back as like a sense of safety for him as as a reason for him to stay um, and they shoot themselves I, in the foot a little bit. They do because because then he has this confidence because he's like he one he realizes I was right that that homeless man was my dad, right? right. He realizes like oh I, I I was right about this thing and like what's like this probably won't kill me mm-hmm. because like it didn't kill mm-hmm. my dad in this situation, right? Which I yeah. don't know if that's an intentional thing, but it's something that like at least stood out to me on this one i'm sure yeah i'm sure i'm sure that like i'm sure it is it's it's all about like relating back to music a little bit like you've you've recorded plenty it's Mm -hmm. all about like the small detail stuff that you don't in other people's music you might not notice until the hundredth listen yeah but but you yourself are very cognizant of so that's probably something that was on the minds of whoever wrote directed you know anyone involved in the creative process of this so i i i like that because i didn't even i didn't even kind of think of that until you brought that up mm-hmm. i like that um let me let me transition to talking a little bit about jim carrey which brings me to the the game that i wanted to do at the end um mm-hmm. but the one note that i have about jim carrey that i listened to in another i that that i had heard in another podcast i listened to listen to blank check at all do you know about blank check i don't know great it's two guys going going through director's filmographies basically they go oh you know, great love that every episode's a new a new movie it's it's phenomenal i think it's it's my favorite podcast but what drove me to create this a little bit 
Um, but but uh, they were talking Jim. I think it was because they were talking Kubrick because they had just done Kubrick and um, you know the the uh, reputation is that he makes he's like a monster who makes people do a million takes and like he's yes. like this like threatening big monster and and kind of in their research and their dive they're like we've kind of realized that he's not really a monster and that his demeanor is calm all the time but he is like i'm gonna make you do a hundred of a hundred takes of something to get like you you as an actor and and uh, you know you can relate to this with recording a little bit but like you have a, a certain like way that you think something should sound or be like when you go to record something or go to you know, act when you're, when you're filming something. And so he wanted to get the unexpected take. So that way he had a bunch of stuff to sift through basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the main, you know, I'm, there, there are other nuances to it as well, but that's kind of the main poll where it's like the reason that he did so many takes was to pull the, the thing that, you know, when you tire out someone, they, then they start acting. That's when you yeah. finally get their first, their first, you know, uh, usable take. You find the thing that they didn't know they had in them. Which exactly. I, I disagree with the methods, but as a huge yeah, well, fan, <laughs> yeah. I also am like, you know, right. sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you got to for the art, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's truly like it's, it's a bit of a conundrum, but that did make me feel a little bit better. And even like even the the relationship between him and Shelley Duvall, which I feel like is the most yeah, famous one, absolutely. is a little bit bloated in terms of the way that other people view it. Like, when she talks about it, she's like, you know, we didn't get a Like, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, and I'm sure that, like, I'm speaking a little bit out of, like, you know, it's better to listen to her talk about it. But, like, right. it, it wasn't quite as bad as people make it out to be. It was just the process was so insane for yeah, some people so, as opposed so to others. Grueling. Like, like Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, who like Nicole Kidman was like, oh, I, I love Stanley. And the, you know, it was, it's work, but it's, and it's tedious, but like, it's, that's okay. And you know, that's how some people view it. And others are like, this is a nightmare. And there are people yeah. who've walked out on him too, that yeah. like, just are like, you are an insane person. And mm-hmm. the, I think the funny thing is his whole, like, he never got mad, really. He was always just like, eh, you know, and, uh, <laughs> but, but either way, the, the thing that, that I've heard about Jim, which they, they talked about Jim, like he's my friend I'm referring to. Um, <laughs> oh, Jim. Yeah. We go yeah. way back. <laughs> so, so supposedly he kind of needs that because he goes so big and you see it in all of the big comedies, right? Mm-hmm. Liar, liar, the H Ventura movies watch don't age particularly well, but, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but, but basically he's so big so often and he's got such a like, you know, commanding presence that particularly on the Truman show, he, and, and like eternal sunshine, these guys where he's giving those like unbelievable performances. Yeah. They're, they're like really deep into the takes because yeah. he, he, they need to tire him out. Totally. Yeah. And he's, yeah. he, he's a fascinating person in and of himself, which, which kind of let, before I get to this game, what, what's your relationship with Jim Carrey? What's what, so yeah. as we were just talking, I remembered that one of the other movies I watched a million times as a kid was Bruce Almighty. Okay, gonna, gonna <laughs> which, come up in the game, which is which is a strange one, right? Saw that in um, theaters. Yeah, yeah, banger film, I think. Sure. Um, but I I remember I had the DVD and I used to watch it like 
every night before bed <laughs> like it that's, was that was school of, of rock for me that's the kind oh, of like totally. you you cling on to something as a kid and you rewatch it over and over and over again yeah. like night after night but yeah, yeah so bruce almighty was one of yours yeah loved loved bruce almighty uh i i've just always loved jim i think he's like just so he's so intriguing and he's so like mm -hmm. Obviously, he's so funny. That's like what he's known for. But I, I think yeah. Eternal Sunshine is also one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, and my I remember... wife refuses to rewatch it because of how sad. But it's like one of her favorite movies. It's... But she's like, I can't watch that thing again. I I have to like really space it out watching that movie because it yeah. will really like it's emotionally exhausting. And yeah. he he's just one of those actors that he plays both sides of the coin so well where he's so funny and he's so big and vibrant and then you have these dramatic roles from him where it's very like deep within him where like and it's the smallest like facial gestures and like and you believe it like you really believe it I don't know I don't know what it is about him oh yeah I, I just he's so believable to me which is so funny when you think about his comedic roles that are just so like outlandish and like unbelievable he's got, in a way he's got range he's got yeah. like his range is unbelievable and like yeah. you know part of it is working with good directors who know how to use him and then part of it is he himself being like knowing how to especially the comedy chops just knowing yeah. how to kind of like and like even just going through i just pulled up his wiki going through his filmography like part of it is like he the run that he went on from the late 90s to kind of around Eternal Sunshine is fucking nuts. Where mm -hmm. one after another, Ace Ventura 1, The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, Batman, Ace Ventura 2, Cable Guy, Liar Liar, Truman Show, which is kind of like, this is his first flash of, I'm going to be serious. I have this yeah. as a, 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 you know, and there's like four or five before this movie that uh, I, I have not seen. Although I've got one of them on Blu-ray that I just that I just grabbed. Earth Girls Are Easy. Have you ever seen this? I haven't seen that, no. Uh it, it's a musical. Um, but it's like an alien it's like an alien comedy sci-fi from the eighties. Okay. But but you know, that that wouldn't be one of the I'm talking about. But this might be his first like, hey, this guy's got drama, you know, like he's he's a serious actor. Yeah. Um and then, and then there's stuff like it, 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 I think that he kind of realizes it too, because from there, Simon Birch, where I don't, I've never seen this movie. I don't know what's going on with it. Yeah. Um, but it looks semi-serious. Man on the Moon being very serious. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Then me, myself, and Irene, Grinch stole Christmas. Um, the Majestic, well, which I've the never Grinch, seen. One of my favorite movies ever. That's awesome. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I should do a rewatch next Christmas. Yeah um bruce almighty pecan pie and then eternal sunshine and then it kind of falls off from there where it's like he he never quite like he really knew like he had that instinct of like i know everything that i'm in is going to be a hit and I, I forget what his quote was but the the money that this guy was making is fucking insane and he was yeah. worth it i i like i and i think that like it was right around Dumb and Dumber when he really started cashing in because I think the mask had just come out and the studio didn't settle with how much you know his salary was going to be and it screwed them and he wasn't let, and then he locked in for something huge and it just keeps getting bigger. Um, but yeah, so part of it was he just couldn't miss because he was picking all the perfect roles and that this Truman Show being like the first like definitely like on the radar serious movie that just like yeah it, it's it's you know it's. There's a lot more comedy than there is the serious stuff, but man, the serious stuff really hits. Like you, you had so kind of, you, you'd kind of said, "Oh, go, go ahead. ahead." No, 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 you go ahead. 
I was just going to say Truman Show also being his like first serious role. It's mm -hmm. it's kind of a bait and switch in a way, like because yeah. it starts out so light and then it takes yeah. you to that place. And so I think it was like such a good lead in for that being like part of his like his yeah. range, because you don't really like obviously from the premise, you can understand that this is going to go like right. off the handle. Right. But yeah. I think at the at the start, you're you're kind of settled in with like oh it's silly jam again like right 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 you know? silly jam we're having fun yeah um all right speaking of silly jam we're having fun let me pull this game so basically i still gotta come up with a name for this game next pod that i do i'm coming up with a name for it <laughs> um but basically it's where uh i pick either the director or the one of the actors and um and i've i've basically kind of done some done some research and ask you some questions which are more than anything like uh vehicles for like um just they're they're kind of more just like springboard for conversation yeah. um and half of them are multiple choice and the other half are kind of like you know questions that are like i'm not sure if you'll get this but if not here's like a factoid basically that i had to look up all these anyway so <laughs> let's do it let's i picked jim carrey initially i was gonna do uh, and I will at some point where I, I let the guest pick mm -hmm. if you want to do the director or one of the, and I do all the research for both, but you know what? I, it's easier for me to just pick one, but either way, we're, we're doing Jim. Okay. Uh, all right, here we go. Jim Carrey was born in a Sydney, Australia, B Holly weird, California, C New Jersey, D new market, Ontario. He's from Ontario, right? He is. Yeah. D nice. you got it right. Uh, oh, yeah. okay. This one's a little bit of a trick. You can pick one or none, or more than one. Um, an upcoming Jim Carrey movie, a slated Jim Carrey movie. A, Sonic the Hedgehog 3. B, Liar, 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 Liar 2, Twice the Fun. C, Tyler Almighty. D, Unti Untitled John Lennon Biopic. Oh, God. Is that all? I'm going to say all of them. All in. Okay, none. Um, <laughs> but I like the idea <laughs> of shame. all of these... All of these are believable just because of like I the. Like, I wanted the to believe so bad. <laughs> I just wanted to believe. Yeah, yeah. You like you said, you want more Jim, and and yeah, you I might just want more Jim. the serious. You know, if this untitled John Lennon biopic were happening, that's where you might get a little serious, Jim. But I made all of these up. Sonic the Hedgehog that's three. True. Who knows? Who knows if that happens? Uh, yeah. Either way, hope uh, it does. <laughs> hope it does. Um, okay. Which director is Jim most collaborated with? A, uh, the Fairley Brothers. B, Tom Shadyak. C, Chuck Russell. D, Jeff Fowler. You can pick an A, B, C, or D. Jeff Fowler. Okay, so it's Tom Shadyak is the is the answer, and they've done four movies together. Okay. Bruce Almighty, Evan Almighty, Liar Liar, and Ace Ventura Two. Okay. Um, which Listen, Ace Ventura 1 does not age well. I got to yes. do a rewatch of Ace Ventura 2. The premise, we're already kind of working with like, oh, I, I don't know what we're doing here because we're right. in the safari. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't know. But I'm I'm willing to kind of just like take a shot at it one time soon. Yeah. I don't know when the last time you rewatched that was. A very long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not on my uh, like very like. Yeah, it's not it's not something I need to do very soon. But I'm like, mm -hmm. it's in the back of my head where I'm like, you yeah, know, I could pull that at some point. Yeah. Um. All right. Okay. This is another one. You can pick one, zero, or all, or one, or two, or three, or four. 
Well, four okay. would be all. But <laughs> Academy Award wins. So has he won an Academy Award for any of these movies? A, Eternal Sunshine. B, The Truman Show. C, Yes Man. D, Liar Liar. Oh, God. I am so bad with awards. But mm. I feel like... Keep in mind, I'm tri- I'm doing these are a lot of dirty tricks. I'm I'm yeah. tricking a lot. Ah, he won for Eternal Sunshine, right? He or, should he have. Nom? He didn't even get the nom. Zero what? wins, zero noms. Yeah, and let's let's do this really quick. I'm always curious of this when when I'm like he should have he should have gotten that. Like Eternal what? Sunshine, who, who did get the nom? <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm, and that's what I'm looking at. Eternal Sunshine came out in 2004, so it would be the 2005 Oscar. Best actor. Let's see what happened. Okay. All right. Let's go. Let's go. 2005. Here we go. Let me just make sure that this is. Okay. Let me just make sure that this is right because I want to make sure that these are movies from 2004. It is. Okay. So I'm going to go through the actors and then end with the winner. It is. And I can already tell that there's two at least at, at least one if not two that i would pull for jim um uh clint eastwood million dollar baby one of my dad's favorites i gotta do a rewatch yeah. of that um the aviator leo um can't argue any leo uh noms or anything like that he right. it, he just knows how to act uh finding neverland johnny depp that is the one that i'm pulling for okay. sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> Don Cheadle, Hotel Rwanda. Haven't seen it, admittedly. And my initial thought was, oh, I'm pulling that, but I haven't seen it, so I can't. Yeah. Uh, and the winner is Jamie Foxx for Ray, which I haven't seen, but I haven't oh, heard amazing okay. things about. I've heard yeah. that he's great in it, but the movie's fine. Right. Um. So right off the bat, he should have he should have gotten nominated for Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, I do think I did. Like, I'm now realizing that Eternal Sunshine just did, it wasn't like really on the radar. No, there's it, just it, like it found its popularity later, right? It it definitely had legs and was more of like a cult movie. Yeah. And like I'm looking right now and now there's not a ton Phantom of the Opera gets gets an art direction nom. That movie uh, that that I just rewatched. That's one of my wife's favorites. I just rewatched banger. that with her. Absolute yeah, it's, banger. It's good. I think that you might have to have watched it as a kid to really love it as much as she did. <laughs> That's um, true. But I still liked it. Yeah. Uh, yeah there, hey, no, that's no a great love. stage show, though. You should see that if you want to get into theater. I would like. I, I would <laughs> like to see that, and I do like. I really want to see Argento's Phantom of the Opera because I know mm-hmm. that that's probably demented. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Eternal Sunshine should have gotten a little bit of love. Um, mm-hmm. What's just one of those things where uh, what's his face? Um, oh my god, I'm blanking. Uh, the 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 guy who wrote it. Um, oh Couldn't my god. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> Charlie Kaufman. Charlie Kaufman. Charlie you, Kaufman. There we go. Yes. So yeah, uh, Being John Malkovich. You seen Being John yeah, Malkovich? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, have you seen? I'm thinking of ending things. So no. But this should be I, on your radar. I know. This is it, a movie it, for you. It. I know. I am aware. I just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, yeah. And Synecdoche, New York, have you seen this? Love it. Okay, so cool. That's Kaufman's first directing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's... Have you, and you've seen John, Being John Malkovich? Did I ask yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So he, he rocks. And, and I don't think that he gets a lot of love in, in a lot of these, you know, award stuff. But all right, let's 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 hum through it because uh, Zoom is going to kick us off in a minute. Uh, who, who did this? Do you know who did the score off the top of your head? Oh, no. 
Philip Glass. So Philip Glass has also done Mishima, yeah, Candyman, Candyman okay. theme. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, uh, no ton of. He's done a ton of stuff, but like, yeah. Candyman is just like that lives in my head. One of, oh my god! Yeah. I think that might be my like most. It's one of those ones where you think about like as a kid you hear about Candyman and you're like oh it's just another stupid slash or whatever holy fuck <laughs> it's not only is it like not, talk about a movie that's saying something of of note but yeah. also like legitimately very scary at times just a deeply terrifying movie <laughs> yeah yeah uh, new one I didn't really vibe with too much things yeah. kind of fell apart yeah um, but you know I'd like to see like a director's kind of like because I think that that got studioed a little bit totally. Um, uh, do you know who what Jim's first movie was? His first? Yeah. Oh God, I don't know. I really yeah, don't. Yeah, it's it's something called Sex and Violence Family Hour. It looks like it was like a um, you know, he was part of that sketch group uh, right, in Moving Color. Yeah. That that I think it was one of those. Like they were all they made a movie. Yeah. Um, all right, these ones are fun. Highest grossing movie in the U.S. Now I'm gonna give you a hint for. U.S. and worldwide, we've talked about both of these movies, so just give your best guess. Mm -hmm. Hi, oh God. Okay, wait for U.S. Yes. Um, I feel like okay. I'm just gonna go for the reach and say Bruce Almighty. So you're so fucking close because Bruce is highest grossing worldwide, and it did it did so evenly good and it was i think it's his second or third highest grossing in the u.s the grinch is his highest grossing in the u.s oh, 260 I... mil but no no no. bruce almighty I is... always forget that like i always put grinch to the side when i'm talking about jim carrey i don't know right. why even though he's it's green like, well and i i love that movie but i always i'm like that's the grinch that's not jim mm-hmm. carrey <laughs> that's mm-hmm. just some other guy he's green but yeah, yeah, uh, Bruce Almighty is such a good answer because it's yeah. like so close and also right on the worldwide. Yeah. So Grinch made 260 mil uh, and I haven't adjusted these for inflation, but it's a lot. Um, right. And uh, and that's just the U.S. It did not do that well uh, worldwide. Worldwide, Bruce Almighty, 484 mil. Um, adjusted for inflation is probably like a billion, maybe a little bit less. It's uh, That movie just like... People love that thing. Like I said, I saw oh, it in yeah. theaters. I, I contributed to this uh, to this box office. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, last question. Newest movie and have you seen it? His newest movie? Yeah. Well, that would be Sonic 2, right? That's right. And have you and seen it? I haven't seen it yet. But yeah, I love I the first one. So, yeah. I'm very... I'm, I'm going to watch the second one. I haven't seen either of the Sonic movies, but, like, <laughs> I had a really, like like just depressing moment well not depressing because i don't think that i'm an old i don't think i'm old or anything like that but like you you realize that like there are just people that are much younger than you like especially like i was teaching a kid and i i forget what i was talking i i mentioned jim carrey and they were like who and i was like you know like ace ventura and like you know uh dumb and dumber and they're like no and i was like you know the villain in sonic is and he's like oh yeah that guy and i was like oh man so he's known by so many people. Yeah. Yes. So that was a moment uh, for me where yeah, I was just like, fair. oh boy. Um, mm-hmm. So, Robbie, this was really fun. And it was like really yeah. great to like hang out for an hour and a half. I, yeah. I, I've i said this to every guest just because I've had a great time with every, every one of them. But I, I want to get you back on at some point. Um, maybe we'll talk a little silence. Maybe we'll talk, um, you know, just like we'll we'll get you back on because this was a lot of fun. And, and I got to get you on the hockey pod too. 
Oh yeah. With with less than a minute before they kick us off, uh, do you have anything that you want to plug or anything like that? Oh God, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're you make a lot of great music. Um, I'm on the internet. <laughs> yeah, you're on the internet. You make a lot of great music. You do art. Um, you're you you're very creative and constantly making things, and it's awesome. Yes, that's true. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So listen, it was great, and I'll yeah. I'll talk to you soon. All right.